must be asking themselves, what is Shaka? Where is he going? What does he want? And what does he want? Oh, the Sulengo man. There'll be but one reality, war. And when there are no wars, I'll create them, Goman. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. That was Shaka Zulu on war as Vladimir Putin has declared war on Ukraine. I don't think Vladimir Putin and uh, Shaka Zulu have anything in common uh, but creating wars. But, uh, oh, freak. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jared Waters. The podcast is called One Man, One Tree in the Hills. a podcast about being alone for your own thoughts. And when we're not alone for our own thoughts, it's a time capsule of the most amazing people in the world. How they got to this point in their life from the beginning to the end. And then when we're not doing that, we review episodes of the great legacy CW show, One Tree Hill. Before we start out, this podcast is sponsored by Front Lou. <laughs> So sorry, it's over. This podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company, ladies and gentlemen. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created out of love for bourbon, friendship, camaraderie, the idea of quality, time, great conversation, enjoying good spirits, brought this team together. Our vision is filled by optimism, integrity, and a sense of responsibility to build a successful household, a bourbon brand that people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. This is our strength, and we are able to apply our professional experiences to provide an unmatched service to our customers. Old Hillside Bourbon Brand. Uh, check your local listings for alcohol and bourbon to find it. So, uh, yeah, welcome to that that Woody's Roundup. Appreciate everybody for writing us about Vaughn Michael. Vaughn Michael is a stand-up comedian based out of the D.C., Virginia area. I met him 2018. He moved to New York City, but he was, like, in New Jersey. And I remember he used to commute back and forth. I was like, dog, I don't know how you do it, man. It's a, you know, and uh, he's a road comic, so he beats the road up. And a uh, super funny feature act. And he went back home, you know, because it was better for him. So uh, we recorded that podcast probably about five five to six months ago. And we finally we edited and put it out. And it was good because it was right at the time where he's producing his own show. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people was hitting us up. Just hit him up, you know. Uh, he is single as a $2 bill. <laughs> that story is funny about him crying about his <laughs> crying in a fetal position over his ex-girlfriend. I, I just got to stop laughing at stuff like that, but that was hilarious to me. Uh, but, yeah, news, man. Ukraine and Russia are at war. Well, not at war. Russia invaded Ukraine, and then it uh, looks like Taiwan is going to go. Uh, oh, it looks like China's going to go after Taiwan. So, uh, it's, uh, I don't think it'll be World War Three. I don't think so, because World War Three, I think it's going to be nuclear warfare, and I don't think it's going to be that. But... I do think there might be war, and it sucks because I have a lot of friends who are in the service, you know. I think if you're a millennial, we grew up with war, so we know what time it is. Uh, I don't think there'll be a draft, but, you know, it's, you know, thoughts and prayers to all the soldiers, man. I know a lot of a lot of my buddies are soldiers, officers, and, you know, I don't want them to go to war, you know. It's just like easing back down in this country. We just left, you know, we just left a freaking war for like 20 years, you know, and then we're back into another one. So prayers up to everybody, you know, in the military, man, because those are those are our people, man. So shout out to them. Uh, Russia said they will launch nuclear weapons. Uh, I highly doubt that. But we'll see what uh, old, old Joe, old Joe Biden's got planned for us. That's what we're going to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe Biden, he's been a 
he's been everything we thought an old 85-year-old man would be doing. You know, falling asleep, talking and stuff like that. Uh, I forgot what he said. This Black History Month said the most backwood stuff. He goes, uh, George Floyd was more important than Martin Luther King. I was like, what the freak are you talking about, Joe Biden? But, uh, yeah, this is what happens when you choose between the lesser of two whatever, man. I'm not a, it's not a political podcast. But, uh, yeah, that's what, uh, uh, Joe Biden thing. There's a good, uh, documentary. If you ever watch an HBO about Martin Luther King, I feel like, uh, during Martin Luther King's birthday and as, like, through history, we never talk about MLK the, the years before he died. You know, it's a very document, good documentary about him being conflicting about, like, people forget that when he did that I Have a Dream speech was, like, five years before he died. So that was one of his earlier speeches. But the speeches at the end of his life, he was saying, like, I fear that I led my people. This is in 1967. He goes, the dream that I had that day has in many points turned into a nightmare. Sadly, it is a nightmare from which we haven't awakened yet. So, yeah, I feel like when people explore MLK, you got to explore, like, him at the beginning and the end of his life. At the end of his life, he was starting to realize, like, man, there's, like, white supremacy, and he was trying to fight it, and he felt like, you know, he was getting very frustrated, and he was debating on, you know, he wanted, he, from, from based on my readings and from watching this, like, MLK did was against war, but he didn't want to go against the war publicly because Lyndon B. Johnson did so much for his movement. So I encourage anybody to go on HBO and watch that. Uh, MLK documentary is really good. Uh, read his book at the end. Uh, also, uh, Juwan Howard, whoa, uh, during Black History Month, uh, slapped a man on his job. <laughs> Doesn't get arrested, but he's a Michigan head basketball coach, and uh, he got in an argument with another Wisconsin basketball coach, and the, what do you call it, the, the assistant coach did the DX suck it sign? And he walked over there and smacked him in the face. <laughs> but honestly, I miss, I love, I think if you're if a millennial, we grew up seeing fighting on TV a lot. So we love fighting, right? We watched Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer was had the best fights. It was like the WWF for like daytime television. If you watch the WWF, we watch fights all the time. Earlier reality TV was nothing but fights. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Juwan Howard. Uh, the other night we were talking to this uh this couple. She she works on she writes for a TV show on she writes on a TV show on Disney Plus, right? And she was talking about inclusion and she's talking about ABC and we're just in a crowd just talking in general. And she goes, There should be a black bachelor, like a show about the black bachelor. And I said there was a show about the black bachelor. That's where the bachelor came from. It was Flavor of Love. Flavor Flav was the first Black Bachelor. We keep forgetting about that. That was, show was amazing. I remember Flavor Flav. This is how wild. If you ever, everyone's probably seen it. Flavor Flav was in his fifties. <laughs> was in his fifties, and had women in their twenties and early thirties competing for him, right? And the Bachelor. Only the Bachelor did was just class it up a little bit, and let them keep their real names. Flavor Flav would just. Ask a, he would just ask a girl, so what do you like to do? I played basketball in high school. I'm going to call you hoops now. <laughs> he called a chick Bucky. And, uh, yeah, that was, so don't, don't, act, don't diminish history, man. Even though it was ratchet history, 
It was still part of history. And a lot of people started from Flavor after Flavor Flav. That's when they made The Bachelor. Like, if we could just clean it up a little bit and put some suits and ties and sparkle and take the black people out, now we got a show. They copied everything. We could say Bachelor is the Elvis Presley to Little Richard's that. <laughs> That's Black History Month. But yeah, shout out to her. She's writing on some new show. I forgot what it's called, but it's like this black girl, black woman is like, it's like enchanted for like reality TV show. So she's getting courted in like England or something like that. So be out for her TV show. I'm going to freaking Google it and see what else is going on. But happy Black History Month to everybody celebrating. Uh, it's a short month. And the reason why people don't understand it's a short month is because Black History Month is after they put it in February because Frederick Douglass's birthday is in February and Abraham Lincoln's birthday is in February, which freed the slaves. But we can, you know, he freed the slaves, but he didn't give us a lot of stuff. But shout out to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, today is a very special day. Uh, not uh, but today is a very special day. It is February 24th. This is the day my mother was born. Uh, I just called her. She answered the phone. We spoke a little bit. But yeah, man, I... After watching the Kanye West's Genius Man, sometimes having a mom is everything. Shout out to people who have mothers. And my mom gets on me all the time for not calling her like I'm supposed to, you know. But we're in a group chat. And I'm like, that's the same thing as, you know, communicating. But uh, she says that. And then when I call her, we'll speak for a little bit. And she goes, hey, here goes your dad. And just gets off the phone. <laughs> gets off the phone. But uh, I grew up very strict, strict household. But I knew that I was loved. I knew I was loving to this day I'm loved. And I, I'm grateful that I have a mother. You know, sometimes I think what it's like to not have a mother, you know, to think about that day, you know, it's not going to come eventually, but, you know, it's going to come maybe, f you know, 40 years from now, then think I'll be old too. But you th you think about stuff like that. You know, I remember my mom, her birthday is a, is a happy day, but sad because her mother passed away like a few days after her birthday. I remember that day. But, uh, this is not a sad podcast, but I'm just grateful to have a mother. I'm grateful that my mother instilled values in me and stuff like that. I think my mother did her best to raise a millennial, which is very hard because we ask so many questions and we're sneaky people. You know, I feel like if I would have had a, this what my mother says, like, I didn't raise you as my friend, as my friend. You was my child. And now I'll solve, I'll spank that butt. <laughs> but, uh. Because she raised me as a strict, you know, mother-son relationship, you know, the things I didn't speak to her about, so I was very sneaky and very, I learned these skills that I've learned, you know, from avoiding, making sure my mother didn't find out what I was doing. But uh, the prayers that she's sown inside me and my brother and my sister have not gone undone, so I'm thankful for my mother. If I need anything, I know she'll pray for me. I need if, if I just need someone to talk to, she'll listen a little bit, so... uh Yo, shout out to my mother. Happy birthday, mother. She doesn't listen to this podcast, but uh, nah, maybe she does. I don't think she does. Uh, speaking of uh, Kanye West, genius. Dude, I watched that documentary. Holy freaking F, man. If you were born, I, I can't even say you were born. Like, I was in high school when Kanye West came out. I was in eighth grade, <clears throat> excuse me, when 50 Cent came out. And I was heavily influenced by 50 Cent because we're playing football. We're crashing into people. And it's just like we were in June and tank tops, everything else. But we were still on Jay-Z. We were still on that H to the Izzo, V to the Izzy. That was before that. And I remember my boy Garrett would always be into beats. He's the producer of this podcast. We have a good episode coming out. We're going to drop it within, you know, probably in March now. But uh, 
he was into like beats, so he would always like look at beats and say who produced the beats, and he would download all these instrumentals, and these instrumentals were like by Kanye West, right? So after Fifty Cent dropped, Kanye West came, and I remember I'm listening to Through the Wire, and that that was my jam, man, Through the Wire. So watching this documentary, and shout out to this dude Cootie. If you never watched the documentary, it's on Genius on Netflix, but it's like channeling Kanye before he dropped College Dropout. But this guy named Cootie, who is the producer and the guy who was documenting Kanye West's story freaking shout out to him this dude was a stand-up comedian in Chicago pretty much he's been on BT he was on Comic View he was in the circuit he was big in Chicago and he had his own TV show where he interviewed up-and-coming artists and he goes as he's I can just sum it up as he's going around Chicago asking people about like what you got working on and he's all like yo Kanye everyone's dropping Kanye West's name because he made all the beats for like free for make for cheap he's making all these cheap fire beats so they are hitting up Kanye West. So he goes, we finally meet Kanye West. This dude meets Kanye. They have an interview with him. And then this dude goes, he, they lose contact. They lose contact. Well, they're like being friendly or whatever. And then he looks and see Jay-Z gets an award for H to the Izzo. And he realizes that's Kanye West. He goes, he's about to blow up. So he leaves Chicago and quits his job, stops doing stand-up comedy, which is wild to me because you're coming from chicago to new york you could do even more stand-up comedy it's even a bigger market but he he does that to follow kanye west and document his journey and you gotta think about it. this is in the early 2000s 1990 you know what i mean this is the early 2000s so no one's used to seeing someone walk around with a, a freaking camera right like i have footage from like 2005 of us on a wrestling trip and I remember I'm so upset. I'm like, Dad, put that camera down and stuff like that. My dad just recorded stuff. But now, I was I'm like, in my 30s, I'm like, dude, I need that footage, right? So I've always been documenting everything. Like, uh, you can see me. I'm always recording. You see my Snapchat. You see freaking Instagram. I have the archive mode where I record everything because I don't know what this footage is going to be used for later. But back to Kanye. So it's it's a dope documentary just showing how nobody <laughs> gave an F about him. And it's just like, imagine this, if you ever watch the, listen to the College Dropout, it's one of my favorite albums. It's between College Dropout and, and my dark, twisted, my dark, beautiful, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. The song Last Call is pretty much the whole documentary about showing how nobody, everybody was rocking with him, but nobody wanted to sign to him. Nobody wanted to hear him rap a little bit and seeing how he was in that day. So I encourage everybody to uh, watch that and the quote that really stood out to me was him sitting there with his mother and it makes you understand how big his mom was in his life hello i can believe it the way you are somebody gotta do it you play tracks like michael jordan shoots free girls anybody does something that much and that long and it's that good it's gotta pay off can't go there and do nothing but go up isn't that fun? The main thing is getting to do something that you really love to do. But you know what? I was thinking about something I was going to say to you, Kanye, that I thought was important. How you were down to earth and everything, but you know you got a lot of confidence. To come out a little arrogant, even though you're humble and everything. But it'd be important to remember that the giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing. You know what I mean? So you, you think, do you think I come off too there? Wow. 
Yeah, man, that was the one of the documentary where you started to get, man, and I, I understand I'm biased, right? I'm biased about, like, and I don't know Kanye. I only met him one time. Well, I only saw him one time. It ain't really me. He just, like, what up? And I was, you know, it was a comedy show. But it's just like, um, dude, you could tell how much his mother meant to him, you know? So when you listen to this Donda album, the first one, I'm just like, man, this mother was everything for him. And she was the one that gave him that confidence when nobody else gave him that confidence. I think it's like with music, sometimes it's easy to hear in music because <laughs> the, the the funniest thing is that the tweet on <clears throat> this tweet online said Kanye's mom inspired him. He goes, my mama gave me a UPS application. <laughs> I love Twitter as much as Savage Place. But like you can tell his mother gave him all that confidence to be who exactly who he wanted to be, like in the documentary, like when he's feeling down as one of his mentors, like dissed him on the radio, and uh, he goes, sees his mom, and his mom just uplifts him. And that's what mothers do, man. I remember sometimes I've been down, right? And maybe because I grew up, Kanye grew up like, you know, his dad was in Atlanta. Dad moved to Atlanta, so his mother was pretty much raising him. Not a single mom, but pretty much a single mom as his dad was there, but his dad, like, wasn't in his life. It was like with a two-parent household, like, you know, I was raised to, like, keep my emotions in. You know, but there's been plenty of times I've been down, and my mom's like, how's everything going? And she doesn't really understand comedy that well. So I remember she told me to, like, do comedy at her her, her birthday party when she turned 40, and I'm sitting there doing jokes, and I'm thought, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have did this. <laughs> she, like, gives me that, like, Take it, get, him, get him off stage. <laughs> get him off stage. But now, but now I'm more like a seasoned comedian and stuff like that. But shout out to all the moms that are in somebody's lives, man. And, uh, yeah, I get in arguments all the time with people about Kanye West, especially my dog Adrian. He's a host at uh, Broadway Comedy Club. And uh, he says, uh, I, I, you can't support Kanye's antics. And I'm like, Geez. I said, dog, man, I could never take the other side. I think it's his. I admit his Instagram. <laughs> it is wild. It is freaking wild, the stuff that he's doing. And uh, and being a stand-up comedian, Pete Davidson is a very funny, funny guy. And uh, I forget this comic. We're all sitting there chopping up like, Jerry, whose side you on? I was like, man, kid, Pete didn't make college dropout. <laughs> He's like, what did Pete ask you to go on the road? I was like, I ain't playing college dropout. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a very strange position. Not a strange. I don't freaking, I don't know these clowns, know these people, but I'm just saying like, I know people in the industry, right? So people in the industry, like, they say Kanye isn't lying. He's just, he says things that no one's supposed to say. So I can tell that Kanye was right about his daughter's birthday party because as soon as he said something, then everybody started changing the narrative, right? And I'm just, I'm, I'm pro-black on everything, right? I think that the way they bullied that girl, Jordan Woods, to be 19 and make a mistake and have, like, women in their 40s and late 30s just attack you for a silly mistake that they all made coming up is wild to me, you know? Just like I imagine, like, uh, Imagine being 19 and the dumb stuff we do at 19. Just imagine that. So, yeah. Shout out to Kanye West. Uh, I'm not with the simp and stuff. I'm trying to get his wife back. I get you trying to get your wife back. But, ugh, it looks bad when guys are begging. <laughs> uh, but uh, watch that documentary. That documentary was good. Uh, things that are happening in New York right now. It is right now. It's the Just for Laughs audition, right? So, JFL, Just for Laughs, is one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world 
in the world. That's where Kevin Hart broke free. That's where a lot of comics get agents. They start getting ripped. They get like their pilots produced and stuff like that. So right now everyone's auditioning. What these are called are repped auditions. So if you have a manager or someone else, you're repped and your manager puts you in that position. I don't have a manager, so I'm not a part of the rep showcases. There's repped and unrepped. So unrepped would be like I sent a tape. They like it. Then I would go in as unrepped. Then after I go to Just for Laughs, I would get like representation. <clears throat> So everyone's auditioning. Some friends that I know are auditioning. And it's good to have management because a lot of people hit me up like, what do you do with your management? You should have management, which is good. It's good to have a man on the inside for you. So maybe that would be the next phase. You know, a lot of people are like, did you do Just for Laughs? Then not, not doing an audition for repped, maybe unrepped. See if my tape is looked at. We'll see. But I'm I'm happy for my dog, Julio Diaz, Electra Tellis Ford. There's a lot of comics who are, that I – admire all my peers i'm so happy that they were like if you look at this my comedy class is just pushing through so a lot of people getting past at comedy clubs now uh my dude jc mendoza very young comic but now he's getting his earning his chops he just got past at the stand uh my girl shadi diaz max they all got past at the stand so like everybody in my class is slowly starting to get into clubs right and as you get in the clubs because I've, I've done i'm in a lot of clubs as well the goal is to never just depend on the clubs right because i remember when all the clubs shut down and then the parks and everything else so me and little matthew we still do our park show and matthew's past at clubs as well so we do have club spots but we make sure we designate our wednesday nights for our show right so if you're a new york city comic it's so easy to just stay in one club your whole time and if you stay at one club the whole time you're not going to meet other comedians and network and meet other people right so it's good to just keep going and keep introducing himself so it's been a good week of uh a comedy so i'm talking to this big comic i don't know if i talked about this last time this big comic's very respected uh it's about two o'clock in the morning and uh, i'm walking by he goes what's up jay waters I'm like how are you he goes where are you it's like maybe 12 a.m and i told him he's like he's trying to talk to me and we're talking i was like no disrespect og but i gotta go he's like where you gotta go i got a spot at 12 10 it was 12 10 it's a it's a monday I said, I know, but I'm headed up to Broadway. <clears throat> he goes, Broadway? He goes, yeah. He goes, but this is the major leagues. Remember that. And I was like, everywhere I go is the major leagues, playboy. He looks at me and goes, all right, okay, all right, yeah. Yo, time is time, you know what I mean? There are some A clubs, right? Comedy Cellar is an A club. You got to get the best of the best. And, you know, Chris Rock could be there, anything else. But instead of you waiting around for an opportunity, you can create your own opportunities, right? There's... Eight, there's 10 clubs in New York City. Instead of waiting for that one big one to open up, you got to get the other nine. The other nine and work the other nine and do something else with it. So um, it's 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 an and it's a leverage thing. So if you're trying to get past at a club, because a lot of people ask me, what's it like in New York City getting past at a club? You can do two different things. You can audition for the club, right? Which is a way to do it. And sometimes I think this is, I don't I don't think this is right, but some people do it. I think if you're really green in comedy, you should take the comedy class. Some people take $500 to do a comedy class, and after that, you know the booker, you know the manager, and now they know your name, and they've seen you develop, and they'll probably put you in, like, give you an audition. That's a way to do it as well, you know? If you're a seasoned comedian, you wait for two references, and two references get you inside there. Or you can produce a really great show and bring the show to the club. And after that, after you produce your show, sell it out a couple times, look at the numbers and be like, hey, I'm bringing you such and such amount of dollars. Like all of my people are spending money. They're buying drinks. I'm bringing $10,000, $7,000 on a Tuesday when you don't have that many people on a Tuesday. So what's up? Uh, I need to get past here. 
I'm bringing you business. I need you to bring business back to me. You can hold leverage at a comedy club. So the goal is to just build. You can build, and after that, if you have leverage, and boom, you'll get past. There's so many ways to get past. But there's ways to be uh, uh, a reference as well. But, uh, yeah, those are ways to get into comedy clubs. Right now, uh, my goal, let's see, the month of January, I did, let me count these, these shows I did. I did 90 yeah, uh, 85 shows, so now we're up to like 130, well, oh no, I'm, oh, 150, 150, I'm doing good, we're doing good, uh, knocking out these goals in stand-up comedy, but uh, it's 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 a difference, so I, I'm meeting this guy, named, his name's Jordan Temple, if you never, I should get him on the podcast, Jordan Temple writes for The Marvelous Miss Maisel, he writes for Atlanta, for the last season of Atlanta, and now he is the producer and writer for Abbott's Elementary, hilarious show. He used to be my friend Paul Jumeus's roommate, and we're sitting there. I'll tell you three stories, and we'll get out of here. And he's talking to me, and he goes, "I said, how you doing?" He goes, "I'm blessed, man. I'm doing what I love, and I'm rich." <laughs> and he's not joking. He's super rich. But he told me, he goes, "Keep writing, keep writing. Get people to look at your writing, and that's what they want." He goes, "What's the point of getting just for laughs?" If you get it, they're going to ask you, what are you working on? You have nothing to work on. Because comedy is just a vehicle. Like stand-up comedy is a vehicle to get you to whatever location you're going to. Like the more people you are and the more faces you get on TV, you'll blow up like that. So, for example, like really big stand-up comedians like Kevin Hart, right? He really he blew up on social media, but the movies introduced him to a different audience, a different audience, a different audience. His face was out there, and then, boom, you got the stand-up. Chris Rock, SNL, movies stand-up comedy, get it. He wasn't no average Joe just doing stand-up, you know, but stand-up propelled him to the next place. So he goes like, even though that you're, you know, being a great stand-up comic, keep working. So that's good. And then uh, this past Monday, this uh, producer, uh, she goes, hey, Jared, are you free Sunday? I was like, yeah. Would you like to host a show? I was like, yeah, I would love to host a show. Uh, and it's a really good, like an industry show. Like everybody on the show is in the industry. I get to see this these comics I haven't seen in a while, but super hilarious. P.D. PD Diabreu, P.D. Diabru, probably one of the funniest people in New York City. Funniest person in New York City. I haven't seen him in a while. And uh, he gets up and smash. And then my friend Sarah Tolomach, she freaking kills. And it's a really good show. And I'm hosting the show. And uh, Michael Che is there. He's a writer at SNL. Uh, he's just hanging out. And he goes, back up. And I was like, all right. And he goes, come here. And I was like, what? I was like, what? I was like, what is this? He goes, no, we can't see you on stage. The light is on. I was like, oh. So like, when you're a part of this upper class of comedy, they like to create all comedy on the spot. Like, hey, let's just talk and create comedy. And me, I'm such a meticulous dude. I'm like, da-da-da-da. So we're doing that. Simeon's on the, as a DJ, and goes, yo, I got a mic too. Let's just, let's banter a little bit. So we banter. We have some funny moments. And then next you know it, they go, hey, Michael Chase about to get on stage. I was like, all right, I'll leave. He goes, I said, here's the mic. And he goes, no, you hold your sword. That's your sword. Never give up your sword as the host. And then he comes on stage with me. And then we just, it's me, him, and Simeon on stage. Just, you know, it's, it's a cool moment. Like, I don't have chemistry with them yet. So it's like a respect level, like military. Like, it's just like, all right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a captain. And, uh. And the colonel, lieutenant colonel, was sitting up here like, hey, let's go. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, let's do it. But we had a couple funny moments where we were trying to find what the audience is into. And I was like, turn on Gucci, man. We turn on Gucci, man. He goes, okay. 
And he looks at me. He makes a funny joke. Goes, Jared, where are you from? I said, I'm from, and I have a Tampa jersey on. So, oh, no kidding. So it was uh, one of the dope moments. Then after that, we we chilled. And then last night, Nick Cannon comes by the stand. And he's kind of jacked up in real life, like like muscular, muscular. You know, sometimes we look people small on TV. So it's it's been really good. And uh, I'm going to get out of this. Uh, so that's what's happening this week. Uh, tomorrow we're dropping this podcast of Empress Yumi. Let me tell you who she is. Empress Yumi has, what, 600,000 people follow her on TikTok, TikTok. We met at a comedy show. And, do you would never imagine the life that she's lived before she became this actress and artist and everything. You would never imagine the stuff that she is talking about before she became this influencer. But we got her dropping tomorrow. Uh, we got another few podcasts dropping with, uh, her name is Alex. She used to be a state legislator where she used to like make like laws and stuff like that. We got her on the podcast, recorded that. Then we got my homie, her name is Rachel. She's an artist. She's an art therapist. We recorded that already. So we got a lot of stuff, a lot of fire coming coming to you. So this next past uh, week, is so we're not going to be every three weeks. Uh, we're going to be dropping these podcasts consistently. Uh, the one that people have been asking about, that Gary McCall one, that GWO, we got that. We just in severe editing, you know, severe editing with that, taking, taking stuff out from the stuff that he said. But, uh, you know, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree and a Hill. This is a documentation of, like, life, you know, what I'm freaking going through. And uh, it's been good. I haven't worked this whole week, so it's, it's been really good. I've been feeling like a regular comic, like I'm waking up at, I still wake up early, but waking up 9 a.m. It's been a really good year, man, my freaking... Like, this is the first year I ever had, like, leadership that, like, not had, but, like, leadership has been really amazing at my, at my job. My boss is amazing. She freaking takes care of me, so it's just freaking, I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to be alive. Uh, oh, freak, no, what else do I do? We saw Tina Turner last night, the Broadway musical. It was freaking spectacular, and we saw not the main actress, but the backup actress and the... <laughs> Her name is. Let me Google her name is because she she put her she put her draws in this. She put her draws as Tina Turner. Her name is Leandra, Leandra, Lily, uh, Elise Gaston, Leandra Lee, Lily's Gaston. Girl, girl, she was not playing. She was not playing the other day. She played Tina Turner to the T. She was skinny, had the little muscles and stuff like that. And at the end, they did a concert. And the thing about old people are, if you are freaking above fifty and 60 and you didn't grow up with cell phones please do not try to sneak and record because we can see you everybody trying to take flash pictures <laughs> flash pictures and all the the ushers are like put, put, put that camera down and they trying to take video and stuff like that then at the end you can just start recording how you want it to do because you know it's distracting but uh yo tina turner's life is inspiring man i'm supposed to end this podcast but after watching genius and watching tina turner she literally had to reinvent herself at 40 imagine that imagine like everything you accomplished and then next you can't sing your old songs anymore and then just getting she reminds me of little rail of little rail like you know little rail's a stand-up comedian and he was very like in chicago he was bubbling and stuff like that he made his name for himself chicago and when he moved to california he reinvented himself he got with a lot of younger comedians and like they became like the lucas brothers gerard carmichael and jamar neighbors they all became they all started working with each other and he was the og amongst all of them and he re like invented himself and tina turner 
went to London and freaking started doing rock and roll. Shout out to David Bowie that was influential. Yo, watch your documentaries on HBO. I can't sum up Tina Turner's life. But if you're ever in New York City, Broadway, we went to the matinee one because that the freaking the play is two hours and forty five minutes and there were another players at seven o'clock and I had three shows at seven, eight we had a show at yeah, eight, nine and twelve AM. So I wouldn't have missed I would've it would have threw my, my week off. But uh we had a great time. Uh we're gonna start going to like more Broadway plays, you know, when we got some time off of work and just hit those matinees and just chill. Like I felt like I was inspired watching that and shout out to all the it's always funny, like, when you see, like, different characters, because everyone's playing different characters. Like, oh, that's the, oh, and then the guy who plays Ike Turner, he acted his draws off. But he, I thought he was hitting her for real. I was about to call, uh, I was about to call, you know, to, in 911 and put us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the podcast. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree and Hill. Thank you for everybody listening. We've grown up to, we have 6,000 6, downloads, which was amazing, 6,000 da- downloads. A lot of people subscribing. And, uh. We're going to put the podcast out more consistently. You know, during the pandemic, it was easy because we had tons of time. So now it's 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 kind of tough, you know, but I have to depend on my team. That's what we have to do. We have producers. We have to depend on them. And we have to just keep putting it out. Even when you think it's not good, you got to still put it out. So uh, thank you for everyone for catching up on my life or catching up on the, the hill or along with my own thoughts. Tomorrow is Empress Yumi. She is a she's an artist. We're going to have her on the podcast. But thank you for listening. So love somebody, hug somebody. If you know anybody in Ukraine, try to support them if you can. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. If you're looking for me uh, tomorrow, which is Friday, I will be at Broadway Comedy Club at 1030. I will be at my own show, which is Comedy Night Live in Brooklyn. And I run with Mr. Matthew Benjamin, not Matthew Arvalo, Matthew Benjamin. We run the show together in the APM RM Art Gallery in Brooklyn. And before that, I will be in the Brooklyn Comedy Collective at 7 o'clock. Then at 7.45, I will be in Queens at Astoria, Queens for that show. That's at 7.45. Then 8 o'clock, I'll be at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. And then 10.30, I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club. Saturday, I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club at 10. Then I will be in Brooklyn at 7 p.m. Then I will be at Three Monkeys Bar from 8 o'clock, 8.30 to 10 o'clock. And then at 12 a.m., I'll be back at Greenwich Village. Sunday, Jesus Christ, I know a lot of shows, right? Jesus is Lord, excuse me. Sunday, I'll be at the Greenwich Village at 9.30. Then I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club at 11.50. And I will be at Three Monkeys at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, if you're ever looking for my schedule, it's on Instagram. I'm out every night. Uh, my goal this year is seven, 720 shows to 800. I'll be in Tampa, Florida, March 13th auditioning for Bob Sumner. Bob Sumner is the guy who started Deaf Comedy Jam. He's one of the talent scouts, and he's looking for, like, new, you know, new talent. So I was kind of, I keep trying to end this podcast, but I keep thinking of stories. I was kind of thinking, like, because I thought it would be, like, a showcase for five people, but it's 11 comics, and that's a lot for anybody to listen, look at 11 comics. But um, my friend Mark Gregory gave me some encouragement. I told Mark Gregory about it. Mark Gregory goes, let me tell you something, dog. Because last time I auditioned for Bob Sumner, he goes, uh, it was 12 of us, and I and we all did 10. I'm like, that's a long show. He goes, yeah. He said, but I was towards the end. And when I tell you, Bob was the first person that put me on TV. 
He listened to my set and put me on TV, so be encouraged. So shout out to people around you that's done what you've done and keep you encouraged. So my name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I tried to end it again, but we're going to end it this time. If you know somebody, hug somebody, and keep spreading love, ladies and gentlemen, because this, this life is way too short to be spending upset with somebody. All right. Give you up below to the DIA. Take us out with this theme song, Hope. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Said, uh uh, and I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And then she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon. I'm out on